the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Chat GPT becomes a common good producer for the day. And later, we're joined by author Inez Franklin to discuss spiritual growth. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson alongside my co-host, Brian Fromm. So thrilled that you're with us today. If you've missed any of today's show, especially as we're partnering with SOS International Organization that Brian and I are passionate about, we'd love to invite you to go back and catch up on our podcast where we're talking with some of the leaders at SOS how, about how we can partner with God to fight against human trafficking. Mm-hmm. So we do not want you to miss that. Just go to wherever it is you stream Stream those podcasts, download those podcasts, do all the things. Stream, download, listen. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review as well. We'd also just love one more time to invite you to go to our website, 1160hope.com, and click on that SOS International banner to partner with God today. Um, All right, Brian, Mm -hmm. we talked earlier this week about chat GPT and how it's been officially banned in, I think it was Italy was the country that we talked about and what do we think about it, you know, taking over the world, essentially the world. And um, you may not know this yet, but our producer, Laura Finch, essentially got on chat GPT and asked it to sort of help plan the common good for us. Okay. And so I just wanted to share with you some things that it it shared with us, okay? But let me let me tell you before we go into its planning for the show, she asked, Laura asked, um, what is the common good? Uh-oh. And um, I would like to share that with you. She said, "What can you tell me about the Common Good podcast?" You ready for the answer from Yes, Chat I am. The Common Good podcast is a weekly podcast. Hosted by Reverend Dr. Fromm. Doctor. And yes. Dr. Charlie Dates. <laughs> <laughs> Two pastors and theologians okay. who share a passion for engaging with important social and cultural issues from a biblical perspective. Here are some of the things the podcast explores, topics such as politics, race, justice, and community, mm-hmm. and features a variety of guests. It's a Chicago-based radio station, AM 1160, and it's available on various podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, We've had prominent Christian leaders and thinkers, such as Tim Keller... Andy Crouch and N.T. Wright on the show. None of them. None of or them. Charlie or Charlie Dates. <laughs> you made it. I didn't. So uh, I thought I thought you would. I got my doctorate, apparently. I thought you would appreciate that. Um, okay, here's, here is the Common Good give, gave us a rundown of what the show, I mean, ChatGPT gave us okay. a rundown of what the Common Good should be, okay? So they say that we should um, bring in and introduce the show. Which we do. Which we do. So I feel like we have that really well. They say some of the topics that we should talk about uh, are things related to racial justice and equity. We do. We do. Environmental sustainability. Not really. Not really. Homelessness and poverty. At times. Adjacent, I would say. We're pastors. Mental health and wellness. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Education. Sure. Sure. Civic engagement. Healthcare Uh, access. Social entrepreneurship. 
Yeah. Top five lists. Top <laughs> Immigration. We talk about uh-huh. that when we have uh-huh. Matt Sorens on. Criminal justice reform. We could get better at that. Okay. I feel like that's a topic we could we could get you better at. You want to get better at that because ChatGPT yes, told us to Chat get better GPT at that? ChatGPT told us to. Okay. Um, do you want to know what it said about Aubrey Sampson's books? I Do you want to know yes. what it said about Aubrey yeah, Sampson's books? Yeah, yeah, it was books? okay. Okay. Aubrey Sampson is a Christian author and speaker who writes on topics such as lament, Christian adjacent, worship, (laughs) justice, and women's issues. That feels that feels right. Her books, including the louder song "Overcomer," known, have received positive reviews from readers and critics alike. Here's get ready for this for their insightful and thought provoking content. Oh, you ready for this one? Many readers appreciate Samson's vulnerability and honesty in sharing her own struggles and experiences and find her writing to be both engaging and inspiring. Inspiring. Yes. I would have gone with engaging or inspiring. <laughs> it also gave <laughs> us an Easter sermon. Okay. Since you and I are preparing for Easter sermons. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today we gather together to celebrate the most important event in human history. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. On this day, we remember and rejoice in the victory of life over death, of hope over despair, Mm -hmm. of love over hate. As we reflect on the Easter story, we are... I need a copy of this. (laughs) I'll, I'll copy and paste it. We are reminded of the incredible sacrifice that Jesus made for us. He willingly gave up his life on the cross so that we could be reconciled to God and have eternal life. But the story does not end there. No, it does not. On the third day, Jesus rose from the dead, triumphing over sin and death and making a way for us to be saved. This is a message of hope and joy that we need now more than ever. In a world that is filled with darkness, pain, and suffering, the Easter story reminds us that there is always hope. No matter how dark the night may seem, the dawn will come. Hmm. No matter how difficult our circumstances may be, God is with us and he will never leave us or forsake us. As we celebrate Easter, let us also remember the significance of the empty tomb. The resurrection of Jesus is not just a historical event, but a present reality that continues to transform lives today. It is a reminder that God's power is greater than anything we could ever imagine, and he is able to bring new life and restoration to even the most broken and hopeless situations. Mm. Here's how they end. Let us lift our voices in praise and thanksgiving. Let us live our lives as a reflection of the hope and joy we have in Christ. May the resurrection of Jesus fill us with courage, faith, and love, and may be a source of strength and inspiration for all as we seek to follow him. That's a good sermon. That's pretty good. Well... Interestingly, Laura, our producer, responded, that's not a very good sermon. <laughs> Here's what chat GPT said. <laughs> I apo- well, I'm one of her teaching pastors, so what can you do? Uh, he says, or chat GPT, he or she says, I apologize if the sermon did not meet your expectations. As an AI language model, I tried to provide a general Easter sermon that focuses on the messages of hope and joy that come from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. However... I understand that different people may have different preferences and expectations for what makes a good sermon. If you have suggestions or feedback that you'd like to see in a sermon, I would be happy to try my best well, to assist you. Mr. ChatGPT. Wow. So what do we think about just, that? Let, yeah. me, let me start here. <laughs> Mr. ChatGPT, as one who has preached many an Easter sermon and many a sermon, never apologize after the fact for your content. You go, that is that is a problem with your heart, man. Like, like that you need is, to pray. You need to pray more. Uh, yeah. And what, what, we apparently learned that ChatGPT is Christian. Yep. ChatGPT uh, is a Christian. Yep. yep. Uh, that is fascinating. I mean, they got some stuff wrong in the about the show but yeah like 
that that sermon would yeah. preach. It would it need some would actually, flushing out. But, but like those are themes you would definitely hear in a sermon, like on Easter. Uh, Laura also, I'll, I'll quickly share this. Asked it to we we do what we call a show rundown. We're going to pull the curtain back for you on the show where we plan some of the things we're going to talk about, and it planned a whole show. It says we should uh, again introduce the show. Talk about current events, bring in a guest who's going to talk about those things, invite listeners to call in, highlight a local organization who's making a difference in the community, wrap up the show, and share final thoughts. That's not a bad show right there. Yep, that's not a bad show. All right, so I, you know, I've been a little afraid that, um, you know, will the, Chat GPT do random stuff like what should we have for dinner? Will it tell you stuff oh, that you know I of, or will. is it more like composing stuff? Laura asked, "Should the Titanic be brought to the surface for research purposes or left to rest in peace?" And it had four points about that. What did it think? Well, for preservation reasons, it should be left undisturbed. On the other hand, it, the research would provide uh, lots of opportunities into the causes and consequences of the disaster and could help preserve the ship. There are ethics to consider. And the cost, how much would it cost? Is that, would it justify the ends, justify the means? So I, for one, I'll close it with this. Okay. (laughs) I would like to offer my support and allegiance to our AI overlords. (laughs) 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 Because I would like to get ahead of this before they go from nice pros to world domination. I know, this is what I've been telling you. I'm very afraid they're they're about to destroy humanity, but then I like what they said about my book. So they kind (laughs) of won me over. That's all it took for you. Hey, but they said nice things about right, my books. So, so I'm in. I'm in. You can also have my devotion. Well, coming up next, can doubt be a sign of devotion? We're going to talk about that tricky topic when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Um, Brian, one of the things we kind of touched on, we've been talking about Easter and we've been talking mm-hmm. about Good Friday and Holy Saturday and, of course, Resurrection Sunday. And we've kind of had conversations adjacent to this Mm -hmm. but I've actually talked with a lot of people in my church recently about this what do you think about this question can doubt be a sign of devotion yeah let me answer that here momentarily but have you ever considered writing a book on doubt Uh, is there a good book out there on doubt you know believe it or not uh, I think it's Barnabas Piper has a book called help my unbelief Oh, that I haven't read but that could be a resource. Okay. Yeah, I could write a book on doubt. I'll add that to the list. What is like your number one, like not that you're working on, not that like uh, maybe you don't want to give away. Uh, I can give it away. It's fine. What do you want to write on? Um, I five, mean. Five years from now, what is the book you want to have written? So I always, I can't necessarily answer that, but what I can answer is that I always like to write for the hurting Christian who is asking, is God still there? Or is God real? But (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, So it is kind of doubt, but it's specifically doubt brought on by like grief or Mm -hmm. heartache or Mm -hmm. pain or that kind of thing. So real fun. It's a real neat genre to to be writing. Well, you were number one in Christian death. I was number one and two in Christian Christian death. So I think doubt is is an interesting thing for us to wrestle with as Christians because I. A lot of our initial reaction is doubt equals um, unbelief. Or doubt sin equals even, I think. Sin. Doubt equals apostasy, like mm-hmm. deconstruction. In the reality, uh, let's just think logically about this. Gee, you know, uh, Almighty God is so enormous and so beyond our comprehension that to think that I've got every ounce of him and every nuance of it figured yeah. out, I think it's just the sign of... Uh, a, a small view of God, and yeah. B, a sign of um, 
arrogance. Right. Absolutely. And so the question, Aubrey, really becomes, what do you do with your doubt? That's it. That's actually the question. And mm-hmm. so I think when we are honest about our doubt, when we take our doubts to the Lord, mm-hmm. when we try to wrestle and we start from the presupposition that God is good and yeah. God is real, yeah. then I think wrestling with doubts feels like a sign of a growing faith, yeah. not the opposite. Because I don't know. I, I think to think I've got all of this Christian thing figured out kind of is a sign of like, not just arrogance, but yeah. like I don't actually believe God's as big as he is. Mm. There's that old quote that I'm probably going to butcher, but it's like, um, uh, doubt isn't the opposite of faith. Certainty is like, there's some, there's some sense in which in order to have faith, you have to be willing to enter in mm-hmm. the mystery of faith and go, yeah, this might not be real, but I am choosing to put my faith in this person, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I do think it's, it might be a stretch to say, is doubt a sign of devotion? Because I do believe like Jesus wants us to have more faith. You hear him critique the disciples, oh, ye of little faith. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't think we can elevate doubt to the point of like, it's, it's awesome to have doubts, but I think the question is exactly what you said when we have doubts, cause we will have them. Like I, I know there are certain people that have like, I think a spiritual gift of faith and perhaps mm-hmm. they walk in a lot more certainty and a lot less doubt. But for the majority of people who have followed God throughout their life, globally and historically, yeah. they have doubts. You have doubts. That's okay. The question is just what you said, Brian, like, where are you going with them? That's right. Are you running to Jesus with them. Are you going to all kinds of other things to fill in that gap? And ultimately I think those things will only lead to death and Jesus is what leads to life. I, I, I do like the way you put that in. And I just think that to be honest about your doubts is that like that's a doorway to getting the answers, mm, right? Is like, yeah. If you're not willing to say, "Hey, I don't know, but I want to try to be curious about this and help have others help me figure it out," well, now you're going to grow and you're going to figure out the answers. I don't know. I don't think it's it's doubt that raises red flags. A lot of times, I think it's like absolute certainty that raises red That's flags. That's actually interesting. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with that because I don't know why necessarily, but sometimes when I'm like, people are so dogmatic in their certainty, yeah. I'm like, "Are you okay?" A little bit. Like you know, God is like pretty big and explosive and like not as content as you think, yeah. right? And there are things that we can absolutely be certain about, right? We're about to celebrate them w- yes. uh, uh, this weekend. Yes. In uh, that is, we, we can celebrate, um, we can be certain of the resurrection. We can be certain that God is good. We can be certain that there are certain things, but other things like, you know, when you're in the midst of tragedy and struggle, what do you do with that? Like, that is natural to be in the midst of that going, God, where are you? What do I do with this? But I think in the times of doubt, we keep our eyes focused on it. But there's an article that you passed on from relevant and they really obviously glom on to doubting Thomas. Mm -hmm. He didn't do anything sinful. And and he went with his doubts to Jesus. He didn't walk away from Jesus and be like, right, whatever. Like, what's that all about? But he brought his doubts and Jesus was kind of like, why are you doubting? Mm -hmm. But like, that was okay. Like, yeah. A lot of yeah. times Jesus we hold still this met against him. Thomas, yeah. and I don't think that's right. I know. I feel like I've always heard this preached as so negatively, and certainly Jesus does ask him, like, why are you doubting? And so there is some sense of, like, 
perhaps he should have had a stronger faith. And yet what I love is that Jesus meets him there and doesn't shun him, doesn't shut the door on him, but allows allows Thomas to enter in with those questions after what frankly is like a crazy miracle. Like I think all of us would be like, I don't know. Is this real? I need to see the scars. Like I need to know for sure. And I actually also love that this story is in scripture. And and, you know, we, we see this so many times, like that the disciples of Jesus, these early followers that were actually with Jesus were just sort of as fickle and small in their faith as we are. And that gives me a lot of hope because look at what Jesus entrusted to them. I love how relevant ends their article. He says, if I can just read it, may we continue. He says for Thomas, doubt was a sign of his deep devotion. Mm. May we continue to wrestle, asking the tough questions and learning all we can in order to understand God more each day. Study, think and wrestle because it is in our questioning and seeking that we encounter the risen Lord. Mm. And as we experience God's presence in our doubt, may we declare my Lord and my God. Ugh, like there's, amen. Yeah. There's this wrestling. I'm doubting, but I'm, I'm, I'm taking that doubt to God. Yeah. Uh, it is not for me uh, a sign. God doesn't. No, no. I'm, 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 I'm going before my heavenly father saying I, I'm struggling with this, Yeah. but anchoring myself, knowing he's good, knowing he's present, knowing the, the good news of the resurrection. I think that's what we do with our doubts. Yep. I think that's a good word for us this holy week. Well, coming up next, we are joined by author Inez Franklin. She has a new book out called Unchartered, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We're going to walk with her about some of these same topics, spiritual practices and seasons of doubt and how you follow Jesus during the struggles of life. You are going to love our conversation with her when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. And we are thrilled today to be joined by Inez Franklin. She is the founder and CEO of Trochia Ministries and teaching pastor at Mariner's Church. And we're here to talk to her about her new book. It is called Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. Inez, thanks so much for being here with us today. It's my joy. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. We're so glad that you're with us. Why don't you tell us kind of a Big picture, why did you decide to write this book, Uncharted, and what is it about? Uh, the Uncharted is about the journey of faith not being as linear as we like, we'd want it to be, or sometimes we think it ought to be. And it has my own story, uh, because it really is my experience of seeing how our journeys have twists and turns, and we're constantly surprised by God. But when we try to control the circumstances in front of us or try to control certainty in our future, we actually miss out on the desires that God has for us. Mm-hmm. I do that myself. And so I write my book. I tell my story. I show so many stories in the Bible where those stories did not go linear. They definitely yeah. had all kinds of twists and turns. But God is always with us. And there is beauty if we commit to the journey he has for us. Mm. Oh, that's really good. You know, yeah, in the book, you, you write that the journey of faith is a mystery, right? When you talk about this yes. journey, uh, talk to us about certainty, though. Does that mean that there are no certainties? How do we hold on to what is certain but still embrace that mystery? Help us understand that. I love that. What a great question. God gives us the exact amount of certainty we need. He gives us his promises, right? He gives us our provision. He gives us his presence. And that certainty is enough for us to really live a flourishing life. Mm. The challenge is we try to create certainty in places where we really don't have control. And especially when it comes to our journey of faith, we think if I do certain things a certain way with God, then 
everything's going to work out this way or the results will be exactly this. And God doesn't operate that way. And it isn't good Mm. for us because truly that creates anxiety, frustration, really a a sense of lack of hope because we suddenly think we have control when really we have a good sovereign God who has our best interest in hand. Mm. Mm. We're talking with author Ines Franklin about her debut release, Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. You mentioned earlier you write about your own story of faith, and I don't want you to give away the whole book. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Yes. So I heard the voice of God when I was seven years old, when I had decided that that day, the day I heard about heaven, I wanted to go to heaven. And God stopped me from doing something foolish as a child. And he spoke to me and he kind of put me on this path on the journey, but I didn't understand. And so I lived my life really distant from God for most of my life until I turned 40 is when I gave my life to Jesus. And what I'm just so pleased with this is how God has been with me all along um, even though I took so many twists and turns far away from him. So in my book, I tell, oh my goodness, I tell more than you want to know about me. Not because I want to share it out there, but because it's a picture of God's amazing grace and mercy mm. towards us and his desire to bring us to himself. And so I tell, I tell it all. <laughs> that makes for a good book. That uh, does make for a good book. <laughs> so in talking about yourself, you talk a lot about the spiritual practices that have shaped your life. I think that's really practical and helpful for people. Talk about those spiritual practices of your own and, and how they could be an encouragement to people who read the book. Yes. Yeah, so my whole journey with the book is to help us go from an attempt to control to a desire to commitment, a deeper commitment mm. to Jesus. And we can't just do that with a mental exercise. We really do have to practice it. If we want to grow in our faith, then we have to put in the energy. It's not to earn favor with God. Our love, God's love for us is unconditional. Done. Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. However, if we want to grow in our faith, I believe the spiritual practices help us do that. And mm. these are things we already do. Prayer, worship, generosity. But I also add some things that people maybe don't do. Practicing the presence of God. uh, Practicing solitude and silence and simplicity. And so Mm -hmm. all of these things help us grow deeper in our faith and Mm -hmm. go into deeper commitment. And I know something else that you write about in your book is the obedience and commitment and discipline. How that actually Mm -hmm. leads to more freedom, which is a little bit kind of counter cultural you th- you think it'd be the opposite would love to hear your thoughts on this Inez so true you know I I always think those are the chapters that people are not going to underline <laughs> can I skip obedience yeah. but truly you know when we have a good and loving God mm. why wouldn't we want to be obedient to him and by the way I say that to myself as well a yeah. God that wants only the what is best for us who tells us come this way let's do it this way it's only because it's good for us. And so mm. on that whole chapter, I talk about how there is a massive blessing when we are obedient to the Lord, even if the results aren't what we expect or things aren't happening in the manner we expect it to happen. God's way ahead of us. He even says, I'm going before you mm. and he's working out all things for the good, not just for our good, but for the, all the good. Mm. Awesome. Uh, let's let you be an encouragement here for people who maybe feel like their doubt is too severe or their sin too great. To, uh, mm. that maybe that this what you're talking about isn't for them. Could you provide some encouragement for them? 
you know, and that Brian, that is the reason why I told my story so vulnerably because I had that same thought. I thought I, I asked too many questions of God, that mm-hmm. I had too many doubts, that I made too many mistakes. And if my life is at least an example to those who feel that way, how God has redeemed my life in such a beautiful way mm-hmm. um, shows that God cares about every single one of them every single person, but not just that. When we think those thoughts, what we're really saying is that what Jesus did on the cross wasn't enough. Hmm. And it was enough. It was enough for every single sin, past, present, future. And so therefore we can rest in freedom. So I tell my story boldly because I believe in grace boldly. And I just want to encourage Hmm. others to do the same. Oh, I love that. Um, And as well, we have you here. I'd love to hear about Trochia Ministries. What is that? What are you all about? So trochia is the he, uh, Greek word, excuse me, uh, trochia is the Greek word for path and it's found only once in the Bible in Hebrews twelve thirteen, where it says, make level the path for your feet so mm. that the lame will not be disabled, but rather mm. be healed. And it's this beautiful picture of us in discipleship, growing in our faith, deepening our commitment, remaining faithful to the Lord and experiencing his presence where we actually experience healing, but also bring healing to others. So it's a discipleship ministry. It's my desire to pour out everything that God gives to me to not only grow in my faith, but help others do the same. That's great. Uh, Inez, uh, as we close up, the book looks phenomenal. Where can Mm -hmm. people uh, find out more about you, maybe connect with you on social media and also find the book? Yes. So a little extra secret. The topography and the cover of the book is the topography of the town I grew up in, in Naranjito, Puerto Rico. Oh, cool. Wow. So it's, yes. And it's kind of like a, a color that's supposed to represent water and green growth. So it's very beautiful. And wow. on you can find the book on Amazon. You can also find it at InezFranklin.com where you can buy it in bulk orders. There's really a great book for gr- small group study. And uh, obviously it's available at the Mariners Church bookstores as well. Oh, it's fantastic. Inez Franklin is the founder and CEO of Trochia Ministries. She's a teaching pastor at Mariners Church and author of a book we've been talking about that looks amazing. Grab a copy today, Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. Inez, thanks so much for being here with us today. It's a blessing. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. It is the end of the show when we like to just share good news with you because there are so many hard things in the world. We don't want to ignore those hard things. We talk about them a lot here, but sometimes we like to just put a smile on your face and our own faces. So we go to a place called The Week where they aggregate good news stories. And I'm going to share the first one because I think this is crazy. Are you ready for Mm -hmm. this? A woman is reunited with her (laughs) camera. 13 years after it fell into a river. While fishing in Colorado's Animus River on March 14th, Spencer Greiner found something unexpected, a rusted digital camera. She took it home and was shocked to discover the SD card could still be read by a computer. The pictures that popped up were from a bridal shower in a wedding, and I figured it was worth to go and try to find the owner, Griner told today. Not even an hour after posting some of the photos on a local Facebook page, the groom from the wedding commented, and soon, Griner was connected with the camera's owner, Arizona resident Coral Amai. 
Amai lost the camera in 2010 when the tube she was on in the Animus River flipped over. She was devastated by the loss and told today she got up and was dancing after hearing from Griner. That's crazy. That's so crazy. The fact that the SD card alone worked is crazy, but all of it is amazing. These are the good social media stories. We complain a lot about social media, but I love when it's used to reconnect people and people with their things. That's, That's right. fun. Uh, number two, India celebrates birth of four cheetah cubs called Aww. a momentous event. Big cats are back. In the 1950s, India saw a local extinction of cheetahs, with the animals no longer found in the wild due to hunting, habitat loss, and lack of prey. Over the last few decades, the country attempted to reintroduce cheetahs, and finally, in 2022, eight cheetahs from uh, Namibia were brought to India, followed by 12 more from South Africa. On Wednesday, officials at the Kuno National Park Wildlife Sanctuary spotted four cheetah cubs born likely last week to Sayaya, one of the cheetahs from Namibia. The cubs and Sayaya are healthy and doing well, the Press Trust of India says. This is a momentous event, they said. Uh, And they congratulated the entire team of Project Cheetah for their relentless efforts in bringing back cheetahs to India. Well, I love that. I also liked hearing you say Sayaya. Sayaya. It's a great name. All right. Study glass beads on the moon's surface may hold water astronauts could use. This is going to be crazy. Scientists are over the moon about tiny glass beads found in lunar soil samples. In a study published Monday in Nature... Just in nature. Just in nature. Where did you publish that article? (laughs) In nature. nature. (laughs) In the air. Researchers say these beads on the moon's surface potentially hold billions of tons of water, which once extracted, extracted could be used by astronauts during lunar missions. This is wild. This is one of the most exciting discoveries we've made. A professor of planetary science and exploration at the Open University told The Guardian. With this finding, the potential for exploring the moon in a sustainable manner is higher than it's ever been. The beads measuring less than a millimeter across were found in soil samples collected by the Chinese Change 5 mission. Researchers said these beads likely form when asteroids slam into the moon. If you can extract the water and concentrate it in significant quantities, it's up to you how you utilize it. This is wild. Water on the moon? What? I need to read more articles in nature. (laughs) I need to read more articles at Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, community members are banding together to keep their pubs open in communities across Australia. Yeah, they are. More and more residents are coming together to buy their local pubs, ensuring these vital parts of their neighborhood stay open. Pubs are where people come to celebrate and where they come to commiserate and all the things in between. Kimberly Malcolm of the Australian Hotels Association told uh, ABC News. That's why when the railway Hotel in Dingy couldn't find a buyer last year. 20 local residents purchased it. We could see that taking ownership of the pub was really important, or it would be no pub, no town, the co-owner said. Running a pub can be time-consuming and expensive, and sharing the duties and financial burdens makes it easier. Since reopening, Railway Hotel bar manager Susie Shand said she's met many a grown man sitting at the bar of the pub nearly in tears because they're so overwhelmed with joy that the pub has reopened, just like it was back in the day. 
I don't I know. I love that. If they're in tears over the opening of the pub, like they're, I'm, they're I'm not worried. okay. I'm yeah, worried. Pastor Brian is like, "Hey guys, uh, they need to." Uh, yeah, there's there's some worry there. There is a little bit of me, like just how I've idealized sort of like pub life in Britain. That would love to have my own little pub. It's purely, it's not realistic. It's nope. like the pub on Ted Lasso or something. But like, cute little town, cute little pub. Everybody comes in. You pour them their pint mm-hmm. with an Irish accent. Nope, nope, yeah. nope, okay. nope. Here we nope, go. Nope. You ready for the best one. story? Yes. Renewable energy surpassed coal nuclear power in the United States in 2022. Power generated from renewable sources, mostly solar and wind power, surpassed coal-fired generation for the first time in 2022 and nuclear energy for the second year in a row. The U.S. Energy Information Administration said Monday the rise was driven by wind and solar, which grew to a combined 14 percent in 2022 from 12 percent in 2021. Hydroelectric has 6 percent biomass and thermal power, each less than 1 percent, made up the rest of the renewable power generation. Uh, The goal accounted for 20% last year, there's a lot of numbers in here about <laughs> regenerative energy, but here, this is what you need to know. Natural gas was the largest source of power generation at 39% from 37% in 2021. Now, the U.S. has to decide how to transform the grid designed for consistent streams of energy so it can store and transmit intermittent solar and wind power. I don't know enough about renewable energy, but that seemed like it was good information. This seems (laughs) things went up, other things went down. I know nothing about (laughs) renewable energy. I read about it in nature, (laughs) but I do know that what was reported sounds positive. Sounds like there was some growth in some areas. So wow, that shows my ignorance. All right, Brian, uh, you got a dad joke for me or anything to end the show? I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I feel like it's been a while. Uh, I do not, but I can look one up for you. Yeah, I feel like you need to. I feel. Like we need a good old fashioned Brian Fromm dad joke before we send our people off. Well, you're going to need to keep vamping day. though, so okay. I can uh, well, I can look it up. I will say we haven't really taken this enough seriously. It is Monday, Thursday today. This mm-hmm. is the day that Jesus washed his disciples' feet and called us to wash each other's feet. So I hope that some of you are headed to a Monday Thursday service or. I've heard of some people that just do this in their home, wash their family's feet as a day to remember what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. So maybe you could go home and wash your wife's feet. Brian. That is interesting. Yeah. Do you guys ever do that in your services? It always felt, we used to do them on youth group trips. We used to do them on youth group trips. Weird. Yeah, but maybe that's part of the point. (laughs) Yeah. To make it feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah. we would do it on youth group trips too, which now that I think about it, was that a weird trend in youth group or was it a good kind of godly thing? I think the answer is a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a little yep. bit of both. Yeah. All right. Here's your dad joke. Okay, Ready? Let's hear it. Yep. Did you know you can't run through a campsite? You can only ran. Do you know why? I don't know why. Because it's past tense. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's good. Pretty good. But I'm bum bum. All right. Well, we will be back again tomorrow on Good Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.